I've got a $5 N2C voucher idea for you and it actually comes from Homer AI by Oh My Home. Check out links below because over here in my referral links, if you play around the system and register, you're entitled to this $5 N2C voucher simply as a sign up bonus. So check it out, it'll help you understand property trends as well as your neighboring prices a lot better. And with that, let's dive on to today's podcast. What you're gonna get today is a clear explanation of the property market cycle and it looks something like this. Don't worry, I'll explain it in a while and I'll actually contextualize it to the Singapore environment. And not just that, I'll be showing you real data to justify why Singapore property prices may have peaked and could see a decline for the next few years ahead. Quite a lot of the diagrams I'll be showing on YouTube, so if you're curious about it, head on over there and I'll explain. This is what I actually flashed up to describe the market quadrants cycle. On the x-axis, you'll see time, and on the y-axis, you actually see occupancy. I actually do not agree with this fully, so I'll actually be changing it to suit what I understand and what I think laymen like you and I in Singapore will find relatable. So let's modify it slightly to x-axis as time and y-axis to be demand. I actually believe demand is the key driving force of the cycle. And that's why on the first phase, I actually term it as homeowner demand. This is actually where construction is low. On block has been absent for a while. Back in 2016, there was a new wave of on block building up. I don't know if you caught the news of it. For me, I'm always curious about property markets. And I actually started viewing homes in the resale market. Eventually, I bought this place in 2017 at 1000 plus PSF only. You heard it correct, 1000 plus. Why so low, correct? because that's quite clearly again a time where the market was not euphoric. But back to explaining phase one. In this phase, let's term it as homeowner demand, which is pretty much evergreen. There's always gonna be new people who need houses, like a young couple who got married, or someone who has immigrated here to Singapore. In Singapore's context, this is always the bedrock and a healthy demand. And as the population grows, the vacancy gets taken up. And that's why, because of increasing demand from what we learn from economics, Price also goes up. This leads to phase two. Vacancy of flats start to drop. Homeowners are snapping up left inventory. An on block is typically a key driver to more homeowners coming to the market because in an on block process, a group of people sell their house and are into the market flush with cash and looking for a replacement. This creates even more demand and pushes the price up even further. People are smart. You know nowadays, information is widely available, correct? News articles will have definitely jumped on this emerging trend. We can actually see price increment reported and we want to make money and that's why we invest. In this phase two, I term it as investor demand. Smart money will have already bought in phase one where it's distressed. But in this phase two, not so smart money is also making money. As the saying goes, a rising tide raises all boats. And when people see others make money from property, they too want to join in the action and that builds that investor confidence. In my view, we have passed phase two already, unfortunately. How can we still be in phase two, correct? 2016 to 2023, it's a very fortunate seven year bull market already. And that's why we're at the end of phase two and going in onto phase three. At this juncture, volume peaks out. But the question is, why would volume of transactions peak out, correct? The reason is quite simple. There are simply no more new net buyers in the market already, exhausted. You know, every couple who were a bit more affluent, doing well in their careers, 
have already decoupled and bought one in each name. All the various loopholes by government have been clamped down already such that people would find it onerous to own multiple properties. There's just simply not that much net new buyers. The question is, is it actually present right now? Take a look at latest numbers, you'll realize that HDB resale volume has actually fallen to 3-year lows in second quarter 2023. Price has actually risen by 1.4% on the contrary, and I'll explain on it in a quick while. I'm using resale numbers because they are the ones that's not affected by BTO launches or new condo sales launches, and they are quite possibly a bit more reliable in understanding the temperature in the property market. What about for private resale? This is a chart extracted from URA. It clearly shows that volume has actually declined for the last few quarters. Let's exclude 2021 because there seems to be pent-up demand from COVID period. So let's use 2022 to compare against 2023. But you may be asking, hey, second quarter looks like a leg up, correct? Take a look closer. You would realize that second quarter is usually a good quarter of the year. Maybe it's after Chinese New Year or what. I don't really know for sure. But you'll see second quarter always spike up versus first quarter. So the better measurement is year-on-year -year comparison. First quarter 2023 versus first quarter 2022. A decline that's quite sharp. Second quarter 2023 versus second quarter 2022. Also a decline that's quite sharp. We can expect third quarter 2023 to look very similar. Quite possibly the numbers could be below 2,500 transactions. Then the next question is, property price is still climbing when volume peaks out, but why? You know, to any investment game, there are always latecomers, those that are less informed. News of big gains will create that fear of missing out, FOMO. And that's why some are unaware of the underlying current and bidding at new record prices. And the fear of missing out causes them to underestimate risk. At this juncture also, sellers are unrealistic getting greedy already. I think if you are a property agent, do validate whether this is true or not. At the peak of the cycle, sellers are asking for the moon. For those who are not urgent, they'll just keep moving the goalposts further and further away because they don't want to be selling at a price that is inferior to what their neighbor might sell in future. I have two things to recommend to you today. The first is Homer AI. Play with it and you can actually claim your $5 NTUC voucher with my referral links. Within it, you can actually find out how much your home is actually worth. And when I imputed my previous home, I actually found a valuation of $434,000 with a click of a button. Not just that, you can actually learn how much your neighbors have sold their home for. In this screenshot, you can actually see transaction prices in a glance. And at the bottom is actually my previous unit. I've actually shared before in this previous video and gave a rare glimpse into my first home that sold at $437,000. I've actually covered away the address, but if you're curious, sign up with Homer AI today and you can actually see the details over there. And that leads me to my second recommendation for you, which is to actually consider Oh My Home if you would like to sell your house. They charge only 1% for HDB sales. And not just that, they give you proper marketing exposure. This was my experience. It was listed on Property Guru, SRX, and 99.co. That's how we actually got results back then. So if you're considering to sell your house, use my referral links below to reach Oh My Home today. And this WhatsApp button actually leads you to an actual conversation. My first contact with them was in September 2022 for our first virtual call. And do remember to send this SMS in full as a special coded referral so that you know it's from me. 
So again, if you're looking to sell a house, look for my referral links below today. In that case, property investors, they can always take the route of renting it out, correct? There's just very little pressure to accept a low bid. Let's look at some clues from 2013, which was the previous property cycle peak. The quarter 2013 was the start of the property bear market. The quarterly price index had turned flat against the previous quarter. And if we were to look at resale transactions, we also realize that, that the decline has long been set in. So using this understanding of trends, let's project where we could be in current cycle. In my opinion, this could be where we are currently. Second quarter 2013 versus second quarter 2023. Maybe it's just a beautiful 10-year gap. Take note again, this is just a hypothesis. Whether it will look like that in the next few years ahead, there's no guarantee. It's using the general theory that history does not repeat itself, but it rhymes. What about overall transaction volume? I think the best place to dig for observations are with our real estate agency's number. The best one out there is Propnext. What we can see is Propnext has recently released first half 2023 earnings. In this graph, you would see that it has grown, correct, on a year-to-year -year comparison. Everything looks very rosy. Does that mean that resale transaction is strong, rental transaction is strong? Maybe not the case. Let's plot second half 2022 against first half 2023. I removed Propnext's logo from this screenshot simply because these are my back calculations using their full year numbers and lessing away the first half 2022 numbers. Do verify again whether these are accurate. But these are my findings. Rental volume has actually shrunk. HDB resale transaction revenue has also shrunk. Project marketing seems to be the biggest hit that has shrunk by almost 90 million. Project marketing is new sale launch. Private resale, I think this is a segment that has seen the biggest percentage decline that looks to have dropped by more than 50%. If you were to plot total revenues by half year, the numbers clearly suggest a slowdown across all residential property segments. The next question that we should all address is why does the property price finally turn south, correct? Let's explain that using simple logic. Volume tends to front-run price and the reason is because when volume slows, if you need to upgrade urgently or sell away your current property urgently, you put it on market for months and months, you would realize that bids just don't come in. What happens next? your agent actually recommends that you need to be more realistic in your price. You need to lower your price. If you happen to be impatient, you definitely bite on that suggestion. So when you bite, what happens to your neighbors, correct? You know, previously, your neighbor was very stubborn, wanted a sky-high asking price. But when they see you sell at a lower price, their stance also softens really. They, in turn, will become more realistic in their own asking price and that's how the property downward trend actually snowballs. So when property prices start to come down, what will actually next happen? Buyers who had fear of missing out FOMO, which we mentioned previously, they start to evaporate already. These careless investors are now running scared. The savvy investors on the other hand are starting to lowball with their offers. That exacerbates the problem and that brings the price further down. Hopefully that makes sense. Of course, it's a very simplistic explanation. And cycles means that at some point you'll turn up also. But if you benefited already, smash the like button and share this message with anyone who can benefit. Press on the subscribe button also because when property markets turn bullish, I hope to bring you that information in a credible manner. Let's address the next 
phase, which is phase 3, investor fear. I don't think it's that much of increasing vacancy. In Singapore, it's not such a case because when I look at data, I don't think there are so many unsold inventory. Chinese residential property market has also shown that vacancies may not drag the entire property market price down if everybody still believes that the price will go up. You just hold on for capital gains. But I can't say so about increasing vacancies from the rental market. Many projects in Singapore are going to TOP this year. Many BTOs are also going to get completed. Investors who bought private residential projects that TOP this year are facing a new cost that they did not expect when they signed 2-3 years ago. Right now, floating rates are 4 plus percent. Fixed rates are around 3.5%. On the ground, I can share with you that many investors have realized that their budgets are tighter than expected. Hopefully, some of them can find tenants to cover the loan, but as supply comes in, the competition for tenants would start to step up massively. Many of those who were in the market looking for space last year have already secured one, so you do need to compete from the existing pool. There was also some demand for couples who were waiting their BTO I do know of some of them and they will be taking their place quite soon so they'll be off the tenant market so these two factors lead to negative cash flow in that property investment negative cash flow is not too scary yet the next part is what really scares investors just like we mentioned that as expectations start to moderate downwards selling price starts to come down if this trend continues for several quarters you can bet that news articles will start to shout headlines of doomsday. Many investors who were careless will start to feel that there's no more gains left in the property market, especially when they have been holding for a couple of years and bleeding cash flow. It's a bit like Singapore stocks. Nowadays, people say Singapore stocks don't move up, it's boring. This has been reinforced by social media, and the prospects of that asset class is just simply downgraded carelessly. Even if that doesn't exist, take note again, in a high interest rate environment, Investors will definitely know of friends who just park their monies in fixed deposits and earn 3 to 4% in terms of interest, all without any headaches of loans and finding tenants. This completes the cycle of explaining how investor fear starts to pull down overall property markets. Let me know if you agree with it or not, leave in the comment sections. Phase 4 is pretty simple. Singapore is a homeowner base. At some point, phase 4 will lead back to phase 1. So don't also bet that Singapore properties will crash to zero. That's not likely going to happen also. But I put phase 4 here to also explain why when government has certain population targets and population growth measures that is achieved through immigration, we do need to be supportive of it to an extent. Because that provides homeowner demand, it benefits you indirectly also. Hopefully I've covered the topic holistically and as always, smash the like button if you haven't done so. We've done a sign up for me and take care as always. Goodbye.